Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Silver 7's on a Thursday. we got Curtis Terry coming up in about five minutes, former UNLV player and uh, one of the voices of the running Rebels. He's down with us here at Silver 7's. Adam Hill, Cofield, Angel, back in our Finley Toyota studios. It's Ari. It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Well, you know, we were just talking about the Knicks. Let's talk about bad management. In this case, they've somehow overcome Jimmy Dolan, uh, but there are the Rangers. We'll get to the Rangers in a couple of minutes. But speaking of bad management or bad managers, uh, so far the White Sox have been okay. La Russa hasn't destroyed things. But, you know, at the end of the year, if uh, there's a one-game gap, uh, between the White Sox, you know, winning the division or making the playoffs, they can look back and go, Tone, Grampy Tone, what'd you do here? He pulled a Donovan McNabb. He didn't know the rules. And, I mean, listen, in baseball, there is a lot of strategy. There is. But, like, knowing the rules is kind of really the only job of the manager, I would think. And in this case, he didn't understand that um, you could use a different runner. Uh, basically, in that extra inning time period, if you – uh, place the runner on second base. It's supposed to be the last out that was made. But if it's a pitcher, you can make an exception, put somebody else out there because they don't want pitchers out there running the bases and potentially getting hurt. And he didn't know that. So he just runs his pitcher out there. Like, dude, what are you doing? And where is everybody else? Where is everybody else on the staff to be like, Tony, what are you doing? So then they're in a panic mode that their pitcher could get hurt. They're not sending him. Like, they're not... Uh, they weren't aggressive on the base pass because he was out there. And they end up not scoring a run and losing the game when they could have had a different runner out there, potentially continue the game, and not put their pitcher at risk. It's just unacceptable. That is an unacceptable situation for a manager to be in. And listen, I get it. He's been out of the game for a while. This is a brand new rule. But it's your job to stay up on it. Like, read something, bro. Uh, Shy, uh, Shy Sox have a good pitching staff. Hitting has been kind of spotty. They're 16 and 13 so far. Angels are 13 and 16. Uh, they've got a good young guy in Jared Walsh to play on the corners. Albert Pujols, he's got some home runs, but he just hasn't hit that well. He's hitting 198, and he's done. $30 million on the docket this year. His final year of that 10-year, $240 million deal. He's caught. I think there's going to be a lot of people around baseball who are pissed off. It is a business, uh, but, you know. There are going to be some players who I'm sure are angered by it. Apparently, it comes down to, according to uh, one of the Angels reporters, said uh, source said Pujols was upset that he wasn't in the lineup to uh, face the uh, Rays. Uh, Ryan Yarborough last night, um, he had been 6 of 9, 2 homers in his career, 7 ribs against Yarborough. And it says here the decision to bench him came from the front office, not manager Joe Madden. Uh-oh, bad management. Everyone's not in line. What's going on here? Well, Listen, it's an easy decision to not play Pujols. He, he's been terrible. But don't you think this could potentially just be Madden saying, like, hey, bro, not my decision. It comes from up top. Like, you don't want to lose the clubhouse if, if Pujols is popular and, and say that you're making that decision. You, you want to continue to be a, a player's manager. And I think that could potentially be a situation of maybe it was the front office's decision, but even if it was Madden's, I think you just say, hey, front office said, you know, we don't want him in the lineup. Not the be- you know he's not playing well. Give him a give him a breather. Sit him on the bench, and then this is where it became untenable to continue. Uh, where they just said, "All right, 
it's time to move on from Albert Pujols in this last year, but I don't necessarily take it at face value that it wasn't Madden's decision. I mean, Madden sees what's going on. He, he understands that he hasn't been good. I mentioned Dolan to start the hour, Jimmy Dolan. So he's got his sphere going up. Like right around the corner? I drive by it every time I come down you're, here. You're not pointing the correct direction. I know. <laughs> I know. I was pointing uh, to the east, and it's actually to our west where we're situated, the way our table faces. Um, it's coming together. Like the, uh, the, the, whole, awesome. the whole globe is uh, up in terms of the structure. We'll, we'll see what happens when they're here, and if uh, James Dolan has his fingerprints all over it. My God, if he does, who knows what's going to happen. The Rangers, what the hell happened yesterday? They just blew out management? It was, it was a mess. Uh, well, first of all, they were upset and, and infuriated that Tom Wilson wasn't suspended uh, from you know the game before where there was some ugliness. I actually uh, talked to some people at the Capitals, and they were like, "There's a guy jumped on his back. What is he supposed to do? Like, yeah, he, he finished the fight, but he didn't start it. And so the Rangers were infuriated that... Uh, there was no you know, repercussions, and they decided to take it into their own hands and just go drop the gloves at the opening faceoff. Didn't really work out. I mean, they, you know, a bunch of penalty minutes, and then they lost the game anyway. So they didn't. The best way to get revenge would have been to come out and beat them, right? So then, why, after all that, is the management team fired for the Knicks or sorry, the Rangers? Well, they they got into some you know real ugliness really over uh, the statements that were put out and everything else that was going on there, but. In the end, this is just, hey, it's time to move on from uh, ownership. Like, this has not worked out for them. Uh, it hasn't been good. And then they, you know, like I said, they put out this ridiculous statement on Twitter. I don't know who's responsible for that. Uh, that they took a lot of criticism for an official team statement saying, hey, this is a disaster. Uh, but really, it just hasn't gone well for the Rangers. I mean, they, they, they've they tried to, you know, build this team. They acquired a, you know, massive superstar in free agency and, just hasn't worked out for them, and, and even in this, these weird years, uh, not finding ways to get into the playoffs, and they're done. Four years straight out of the playoffs again, and the Rangers are moving on and trying to start over. Coming up next, we're going to get back into the uh, Aaron Rodgers rift. What are we on, like day five now? Curtis Terry's going to talk some football with us. We'll get into some NBA and also what he was doing uh, this morning with the UNLV caravan. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. They mishandled it because they didn't communicate to Aaron Rodgers that they were thinking about taking a quarterback a year ago in the NFL draft when they decided to take Jordan Love. They blindsided Aaron Rodgers, and I think that's where it starts, the mishandling of it. Not the decision to take a quarterback, but the fact that they didn't give him a heads up. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. That was uh, Chris Canty from uh, ESPN Radio New York on with Greeny, our 10 a.m. show right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Opinions all over the place on this one. How much or what are the rights of a player, especially a superstar player, when it comes to management? Do they need to be looped in on decisions? We went through this already with Russell Wilson, and Seattle, I think, freaking neutered Russell Wilson. They backed him down, and Russ and Ciara haven't said anything since. I think Rodgers is a different animal. I think he's at a different stage of his career. Curtis Terry's with us, former UNLV basketball player, one of the voices of UNLV hoops now. Um, 
First of all, what do you think about what I said? You're a Seattle fan. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson tried to make a big deal of it. His agent tried to put out these trade rumors, and John Schneider, the GM, and Carroll were like, go ahead, keep doing it, because we're not budging, and we already told you during the season that we don't really care much about your opinion, so we're not changing. Go Hawks in Russell Wilson fashion. Uh, I think it's – it's. I kind of get it, kind of don't. You don't want your, your star player, your quarterback, in this case, to have too much power but I get them wanting to have some say in kind of who's going to be out there to give them the best chance to be successful. So I'm kind of torn. But when you're talking about discount double check, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, heck, man, he you should have gave him at least a heads up. Like, hey, going to do this. Well, it's. I think it shows that you have to be in a certain position to be able to make this play. Like Russell Wilson tried it, and you have to be willing to walk away if, if, if that's the end goal. If it's, hey, if you don't trade me, I'm leaving. Aaron Rodgers can do that. He could be like, all right, fine, I'm just done. And Russell Wilson wasn't in that position where they were like, fine, don't play then. Okay, I guess I'm going to be on this team for a while. Aaron Rodgers could legitimately just say, okay, fine, I'm done, I'm going to leave. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to make statements like that, you got to call your bluff, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what's going to end up happening. I don't know. Again, Rodgers, man. And there's been reports that he's difficult to work with. Obviously, his brother was on The Bachelorette, and he made comments about, you know, I mean, them having friction and, and all these kinds of things, but man call your bluff but if he wants to come to seattle great but if he wants to go in the nfc west not cool um <laughs> i don't know what do you think steve well first of all i think he's in position to do whatever he wants because of jeopardy because of all the endorsement deals so he could cut a deal with jeopardy to make uh, trebek got ripped off uh rogers could get more money if they want him he could get 15 mil a year he could sit out for a year um he makes plenty in endorsement money now he's you know uh cozied up he's engaged to you know another high achiever who makes a lot of money so it's not a money thing and he's got plenty of money and i to me he's totally different than russell wilson i i think russell wilson that was kind of a vanity play i don't know if ciara pushed him to it or not aaron Rodgers, you just you just hit on something aaron Rodgers shut out his family right like when he is determined you ain't gonna win so he, he i mean I, I don't believe that the packers need to fire the GM, but I do, and I've said this for three straight days, and I know Rodgers haters, and many of them are Packers fans, you pukes. Um, I, I know I've said it over and over hates. again. Well, it just I'll do it briefly here because I've done this rant so many times. Uh-oh. Packers fans are very spoiled. They've had 29 years of Favre and Rodgers. You know what that's like? You know how spoiled you get? And then you're like, oh, we haven't won enough. Oh, the defense is the one that's making it possible for Rodgers to be in the position. Welcome in a couple of years when Jordan loves the guy or whoever else is. Welcome to normal football fandom when you don't have a guy. Right. It's, it is a it's, – it's been a very spoiled fan base. There's no question about it. And the fact that they're not completely taking Roger's side is nuts. But I think – I mean, you hit on it there. The question is, if it comes down to it, and, and Aaron Rodgers says, I'll come back if you fire the GM. Now, you don't – no team wants to give a player that much power where you can just get somebody fired. But it is a unique circumstance – and I think a an organization would have to at least consider it. Yeah, no, you you can only. I mean, you're all in at that stage. I mean, if you're yeah. gonna say hey, fire the GM, then I mean, Rogers, you got to have a, a lot of years left, a lot of gas left in the tank. I don't think he has that much. How great would it be if he's like fire the GM and I'll come back and they fire him? And he's like, God, I'm retiring. I'm out. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think he has left? I mean, he heck, just won the MVP. Curse. Yeah, I mean, if they give him, continue to give him weapons, um, Devontae Adams stays healthy. I mean, I think they can push it. He can push another three, four years. Brady's going to be 44. Rodgers is going to be 38. Why? He can't play until he's 43. You can't give him five years? Maybe. Yeah. Right? I mean, he, I don't think he could do it in Green Bay. Just conditions. I mean, cold weather games. 
playing late in the season, that could impact you. Yeah, Brady, Brady went to Florida. Yeah, Brady retired. Come on. He went so, south. He there's a temperature-controlled facility right up the road here. Raiders, he could play there. Uh, yeah, you could do that. Denver, eh. No. Oh, so we, no one, by the way, no one's rooting, outside of Broncos fans, no one is rooting for John Elway and the Broncos to step into another Hall of Fame quarterback. No, they did this before. You're not, you're not, you, you don't get two, okay? You got Manning, that's enough. But we, I, I will correct something we were talking about the other night where – you know, the talk of, you know, uh, with Yoko, uh, with her wanting to move to Colorado. Who's Yoko? <laughs> Yoko is Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend. Okay. Shailene I Woodley. actually, uh, when you weren't here, I mentioned you do come off as very toxic when you say that. And I even mentioned her, too. But, like, when we assume that it's the woman behind the man who's forcing the issue, well, it's kind of, this one's kind of ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers has done whatever he's wanted. What has it been? The woman every time in his relationship okay, but, when he got truculent, he never wanted to move. Like we talked about, she's from LA, so we're like, well, why does he want to go to LA? Yeah. She lives in Colorado. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, she lives part time in Boulder, but she does live in Colorado, oh. and that's how the Broncos are on the list. Like she's definitely pushing some of this. Can you take what's the Yoko? I missed that reference. Oh, I've Yoko, been under a rock. Yoko Ono and John Lennon from uh, fifty years ago, yeah. breaking, up, breaking up the Beatles. I've been referring to Shailene Woodley as Yoko. It's my own thing. I'm the only one that does it. I'm trying to make it. Catch the up. only one who does it. I'm, nobody else does that, right? <laughs> I don't know. Is anybody else? Calling I haven't heard Yoko it. Woodley? I haven't heard it. It's a real good one, Adam. Keep trying. You You're really scared. nailed. You nailed this one. I did. Look at how happy he is with himself. <laughs> I, I started on a podcast like a month ago, and I'm just trying to make it catch on. It hasn't. But I'm trying to make no. it catch on. Uh, but yeah, this is a it's a really tough situation for for a team to be in because, as you said, like if okay, if Aaron Rodgers was like 28, and you're like, yeah, what do we have to do to make you stay here for a long time? But at yeah. this point, you could change your entire franchise. Maybe you only got a year or two left. But I mean, let's be honest. What did you think was going to happen there, Rodgers? I mean, from what you oh, this what's happening to what's going to happen to you is what happened to, to Brett Favre. I mean, bringing somebody in, kind of grooming him and pushing you out the door so i mean he had to know it was coming at some point well yes but i also like and i don't think they have to run draft picks by him necessarily but like he was caught off guard the fact that they picked a quarterback you said the other day that lafleur may not have known that they were that, taking a quarterback that was the, story. the coach didn't know either that was the story that's a whole nother problem which by the way lafleur is people keep saying he's caught in the middle how about you bond together matt lafleur Rodgers is the guy who's gotten you out of the gates with, like, 25-plus wins in two years. How about you you play this together and go, hey, GM and organization, we're not happy together. No. Not not with each other, but I'm saying together combined, we're not happy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pride. It's ego. That's what it comes down to from, from my standpoint. Some of these guys want the respect. They want the common courtesy. I think, hey, if they did know, you should have said, hey, no offense. We're going to do this to set ourselves up down the line. You're still our guy. But then again, they may have said that in a few little words, and he just may have got his feelings hurt. Do you hate this? Do you hate the the player power? You're a former player. I would think you'd you'd understand it. But I, I think you've probably also seen the opposite side of it when someone gets too big for the team. Right. Sometimes and I, it can freaking ruin the chemistry and the results of the team. Right, and I think that's a problem. But then again, with football, such a big roster, I think that becomes even more of an issue. Basketball, I think you can kind of have some understanding. Fewer guys that you've got to manage. You can really have a good relationship with everybody. But it, it's also kind of the way it is in basketball. There are generally two or three lead dogs on, on really good teams. Right. And then everyone fills roles. And the guys who fill the roles understand the, the deal with the, the, uh, you know, the big dogs. Why all of a sudden, though, do these quarterbacks want to have a say? Like, why is that becoming a thing now? They're figuring it out as they should have always had it. Like, yeah. hold on. How much different is what Rodgers is doing from what Harden did? 
not no. Yeah, no, nothing. But even in that situation, you see how it mm. turned out. I would say I think it's different from this standpoint. Like, and I have Rodgers back. I like Aaron Rodgers in this case, but the Rockets were going into tank mode, and enough was enough. Harden needed to move on. Right. He, I mean, they were not a championship-level team, so no. it's time to get out, go join a, a good team. Rodgers does have a good team, but right now he has no input on how they build the team. It was better for everybody for James Harden to leave and for the Rockets to start that thing over. But in this case, I mean, you still got something good here with the Packers, but Rodgers is going to take his ball and run I mean, in jeopardy. I, I think he doesn't. I think having a good thing is a bad thing for them because he doesn't want to bring them, like, he doesn't want to reward them with a title. Like, I don't want you guys to earn a title the way that I feel about you. I don't want to bring a title here. We'll see what happens with Rodgers, man. <laughs> it is crazy. It's the saga that will not end. It's funny that it just now came out right before the draft, though. Like, officially, like, boom, big Perfect. news. He knew what uh, he was I doing. You know, it's funny, we're, uh, we're going to get into that later on, because uh, Adam Schefter broke the story, said it's just been an accumulation and it happened to break now. Um, a lot of people don't believe that, but uh, well, the, the key date's June 1st. That's, that's really when the Packers can move Rodgers without getting killed by the salary cap. Right. So now the chatter's going to go here, and you know they've got roughly four weeks to figure things out, or it's just going to linger into June and July and get uglier. They better fix it. It's going to be better a fix long it. And to me, to me, it's... it's Listen, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I would assume it's easily fixable. Just have a conversation, kiss the guy's ass, and go, all right, we want to make this good. On the way back, we're going to talk to Curtis about the UNLV caravan. He was part of it today with brand-new coach of the Running Rebels, Kevin Kruger. Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Curtis Terry's with us, former UNLV basketball player and uh, now part of the broadcast team on the radio side, developing a multimedia empire. Got to start somewhere. He's down with us here at Silver 7s. All right, so tell us what's going on with the UNLV caravans and what you did today, because I know you had an event with Kevin Kruger. Yeah, so what UNLV Athletics is doing with the Caravan event is allowing the community uh, and the fans to engage with their head coaches. Uh, they've, I think this is like the third year or something that they've done it officially that I kind of remember. Last year, obviously, was virtually. T.J. Altsberger's first year, obviously, he did a lot of different things in the community over like 14 days or something like that. And so uh, the event that we did today with Kevin Kruger was a live stream. It was called Kicking It with Curtis and Kevin. And so... We were at the Mendenhall Center on the mezzanine for about 45, 50 minutes. Um, we kind of relived the 2006-2007 Sweet 16 season. Um, had some fun. I asked him some awkward questions, try to kind of crack that shell on Coach Kruger, which, uh, like you mentioned off air, it's fun to say. I like saying it. I like hearing it. Head Coach Kevin Kruger. Um, but we just had a good time and, and talked about kind of what he wants to do in terms of building this, this team moving forward, as well as kind of with the overhaul and new guy – Old guys going out, new guys coming in, kind of restarting. Um, but just something for Kevin to to have some fun and sit down and, and kick back and nothing too serious. Um, but, yeah, it was a good time. I'm really intrigued by part of what you said there of, like, trying to trying to break that shell. Like, will will we see a different side of Kevin now that he's a head coach? I mean, he's we know who he is. Like, he, he's, he's Lon's son. He's a different person. Right. Um, but I, I do think there's there's a personality there that a lot of people don't know. But I feel like he's going to find his way a little bit. 100% there's a personality there that people <laughs> yeah, don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, and I've known this guy since I was 14 years old. When Lon was coaching the Atlanta Hawks, my brother Jason was on the team. So 
I met Kevin, and we talked about today, in the family room at Phillips Arena, <laughs> um, like where you get all the food and the snacks and kind of hang out. And since then, he's the same guy now, obviously older, less hair for him. Mine's just shorter. <laughs> um, but in having played with him and then after that having lived with him in the summers uh, while we were playing professionally, he's the same guy. He's fun, but he's very good at keeping it restrained, I guess, or kind of picking and choosing his spots. But I think that's because if he learned that professionalism from being around his dad and being on benches and, and being in that atmosphere. Um, but I think we're going to see more of it. The one thing I did ask him is a lot of similarities between you guys, but what's what's different or what do you do better than your dad? And he was like, I'm fire. I'm more fiery. I'll get after a little bit more. Um, he was like, I'll drop some curse words. His dad won't, except for dad gummit. Wait, Lon? That's, that's as bad as it gets. Right, yeah. but Lon was fiery. Yeah, but in a different kind of way. Yeah. It was, it's different, man. I mean, I feel like long like steam would come out of his ears kevin's gonna get like <laughs> you'll see spit flying and it's just different i don't know but but again i lawn scares me to this day really yeah well, that's a good thing he commands respect yeah but we we had a uh, i'm not cracked a joke but we were talking about shooting and kind of how it's like riding a bike you don't forget how to do it and then i was like so right now free throw contest best out of 100 you and your dad who's gonna win and he's like oh me hopefully and i was like no for real ha <laughs> And he was like, he's old. When's the la- or he? When do you think the last time he shot a free throw? When I was like, it's like riding a bike, though. And then I said, an old bike. Oh no! Yeah. So and I was like, oh dang it! I shouldn't have said that. Kevin started cracking up. So ho- hopefully you're in trouble. Ho- Next time yeah, you see, look at long. I don't know if I'm gonna get invited over for for any dinners this summer. Uh, let's talk about how uh, Kevin has built the team so far. So it looks like they got one, maybe two spots left. Right. Uh, they've been really patient. Do you like the group? You like the look of the group? Yeah, I do a lot. And I think it's people on paper aren't probably going to be crazy about it and, and saying, ooh, this is what we're going to have or this is what this guy did you know, I mean, at his previous stop. But with this group, they're going to be more in tuned and aggressive defensively. And I think that's one thing that they need. You can't come in here and think we're the running rebels and flying up and down the court. That's n- true, but you've got to start defensively. And I think that's what Coach Tark's teams did. That's what we did with Lon um, in terms of just being aggressive defensively get offense out of that so i think with this group the southland conference player of the year david muoko what they're bringing in from texas with ham um they're, they're going to be good and i think they're going to surprise a lot of people because these kids are going to be in a better spot now than they were before the conference needs two programs to get back to where they were new mexico and unlv new mexico is going to be back richard patino is collecting players he's got good guards already he's in on more good players um there's a transfer another one in the portal from Minnesota. They already got Mashburn Jr. There's another one, a wing, who's in the portal. If he lands at New Mexico, I'm telling you, New Mexico is going to be improved enough to probably be 500 next year in conference. And they were dreadful this year. Yeah, they were bad. I mean, by the end of the team, they didn't have a, didn't have a by the end of the season, they didn't have a team. They were struggling. Um, New Mexico's New Mexico. They're always tough, especially if there's fans in that place. It's a completely different environment. Yep. I, can Patino do it? Yeah, maybe. Have, here's the thing. He'll have players. I don't know if he's going to be one of the best coaches, X's and O's in the league. Right. But he will, they will have players, uh, which means they have expectations, which means they are typical New Mexico. Um, and Alford's been their best coach recently, but they will always have players. And in the Mountain West, if you have athletes, if you yeah. have guys that can run and jump and defend, you're going to have a chance. And I think that's the one thing that they have, just like that's what Kevin and his staff have brought in so far this offseason. So I know it's a difficult breakup, and I don't want to sound like the uh, – you know, the woman, the man left at the altar. But uh, Otzelberger, have you followed what he's done at Iowa State? It's weird. 
So when he was trying to build the program here, he was building with a lot of freshmen. He goes to Iowa State, and it's almost like, you know what, I've learned the lesson. There is no time. He's gone in there, and all like all he's done, he got Caleb Brill. I'm, I don't know how much Caleb is going to play. I think he's going to be more of a bench player. But they just got another player, another good transfer from Penn State. Like He is going out, and he is trying to win now. I don't know if it'll work, but in the Big 12, he ain't messing around. I think he learned his lesson. Like There is no slow build. Right, and it, it depends on what you step into and, and what you inherit. I mean, at South Dakota State, he inherited a great group, obviously, a team that had experience, had veterans, and kind of stepped in and picked up and continued what they were doing. At UNLV, not the case, but their first year, they were obviously very successful in terms of finishing second in conference, um, beating number four ranked at the time, San Diego State. But I haven't followed a thing, single thing of what he's done since he walked out that door, honestly. I like the guy, cool. Um, I sent him a text when he was official. You're not gonna, you're not gonna follow it, huh? Crickets. Apparently, no. I'm, I'm in the minority. I follow Curtis it. Curtis just said, "Who? <laughs> Who are you talking about?" Okay. I mean, let's be All real. Right. They're, it's, they're gonna end up at the lower third of the Big Twelve. So it's Iowa State. I gotta mention some, something in the NBA. Who's your favorite team? Longtime fan of Pistons? No. Come on, really? Oh, I'm a Dubs fan. Right. He, he loves the Warriors. <laughs> Since they hit rock bottom, now he's a big Warriors fan. Um. So Wiggins has had a reputation of not being ultra competitive, not having drive. This story today, to me, turns everything around for him. What did he do with his wife? Uh, he he had her delay labor because they were playing a game and said, yeah, hold off on this. And then as soon as the game was over, flew out, was there for her to have the baby. But he was like, all right, hold on. Let's not induce this thing yet. Wow. Look at, the, all, look at the dad and Curtis shaking yeah, his head first, at, the two, at the two childless dudes who were like, that's what you do. First Compete, of all, baby. How do you convince the girl that this is the right idea? That's the bigger question. No, the bigger question is where do you get the cojones to try to convince her to do that? I mean, I'll, I've, I'll be married here this August for eight years. I've got two kids, eight and five years old. There's no chance. In, you know, where would I have asked her to do that? I mean, nope. I'm surprised he got. A, I'm surprised she said yes. A regular season game. Come They're on. trying to get in the playoffs. <laughs> Nitty gritty time. But the kid can wait a little bit. Did they even win that game? They lost. Oh, see. Oh, no. And the thing I thought was even funnier when he was coming out of the draft, I did not know he was referred to as Maple Jordan. Oh yeah. <laughs> hasn't really hasn't really worked out. It hasn't really stuck. <laughs> no. Not he, no. Listen, he got a max deal. Did something. He's a, he's a talented player. Congratulations, Andrew. <laughs> he's very talented. I like I respect him a lot more today than I did yesterday after hearing this story. Oh, you have to realize we are idiots. So you look at us and you're like you you're know? like flabbergasted. Have you you've listened to the show? We no. are we are when it comes to kids and relationships, we're just both buffoons. It's okay. You you will learn in due time if you make that decision. I'm a not. piece of advice. Don't do what he did. Unless you have a $150 million contract, that's different. Curtis, I'm using AARP. There's no decision left to be made. There's no kids. It's done. It's, who knows? It's 2021. A lot of things can happen well, these I've, days. I, right? I have seen 60- and 70-year-olds have kids. It's just not, it's not in the works. Not in the plans. Dogs? What do you mean? Pets? Yeah. Yeah, we have three cats. We have four cats. Oh, there you go. Four cats. We just oh, got yeah. a new puppy yesterday. How's that working out? Uh, so far, so good. Okay. Three-month-old uh, mini golden doodle. Oh, really? So now we've got two. We've got a three-year-old mini oh, golden yes. doodle and a three-month-old. Highfalutin. Sounds like a fancy dog. It is a fancy dog, as opposed to uh, Adam's a big mutt guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rescue, rescue mutts. And I had to deal with the pouting, the absolute pouting yesterday. I was like, and, what are you doing? And what would you, what'd you do after he pouted? Did you give in? 
course. Of course. He cowers. Speaks soft. You, would, you would never tell a woman to hold off on, <laughs> on delivering that baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. If, I had a game, <laughs> if I had a game, you know, I would. He's like a tough guy. He can't even stand up to his dog. <laughs> no shot. Like, how would, like, okay, if, that, if your dog's like this, pouting to you, you got you to gotta do what it wants to do. In, your, in, in the ladies laying in the bed in the hospital, screaming bloody murder. <laughs> Been there before. No, he wasn't there, though. He had to call and say, hold on. That's even worse. Yeah. He, he just called. Hold on. Good. I got a game. <laughs> well, we've said this. It, you already made the mistake. You have to time it. Yeah, it's all timing. You have to time it to have a kid in the off season. Mm-hmm. What are you doing having a kid during the season? All right. That's what the winners are for. Unprofessional. Exactly. All right. Now we change our mind again on Wiggins. Now he's back to being a guy bad, who's bad timing. not going to deliver on his promise. Curtis, we appreciate you coming down here. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I know the caravan's going on for a little while longer, right? Yeah, there's another event tomorrow with uh, John Sandler's hosting with Kevin and his staff uh, to get to know them. Obviously, brand new staff aside from Coach Buckley. Nice. Introduce them and uh, continue to try to drum up some excitement heading into to next year. That's going to be cool, man. You know, the uh, uh, most of the sports beyond men's basketball and the football team have been doing really well. You know, it's kind of time to, to get up to speed here, and I think good things are on the way for uh, Marcus Arroyo, and, and like we said, uh, Kevin Kruger's team so far, the collection of players looks pretty good. Yeah, the Rebs better get their, their act together because, uh, I mean, baseball, softball, swim and dive, everybody's winning championships. Lady Rebs. Lady Rebs are on the uh, rise, yeah, too. Yeah, shout out Lind- to Lindy LaRock. awesome. They, they got a, a, a diamond in the rough with her for sure. Happy hour has begun down here at Silver 7. you got 277 on uh, beer and wine and margaritas and shots, so come on down hang with us. Two bars to uh, watch all the games at, and we got the William Hill Race and Sportsbook across the way. Golden Knights games and 77-cent Bud Light bottles? Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has you hooked up. It's time to Trust Us. Presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call him today at 577-2600. That time of the week, Trust Us, Dustin DeHart. Is with us here from Nova Home Loans. We got a lot to get into. A lot to get into. The real estate shatter is fascinating. Uh, locally, we still have this housing shortage. Uh, we got a lot of people who are coming to town who want to buy. A lot of them are first-time buyers. And I saw a local story recently that there are incentives for first-time buyers. It's a matter of finding the house, but uh, builders are aggressive in trying to reward first-time buyers. Well, yeah, there was an article. There is a builder that is going to do that. Now, that's if it comes to fruition, that would be great. I'm all for it. Um, but the problem is the cost of building right now is so extreme, you know, lumber and everything else. And, you know, to get that price where it needs to be, I, I, I'm waiting to see if that actually happens, right? Because, I, I, you know, again, if it does, that's what we need. The builders have not kept up with the demand since the crash, and that's one of the reasons for the low supply. But I love it. If there's a builder out there that says, I'm only going to accept primary residences. Now, look, first of all, not not too many investors go buy brand new homes anyways. So, you know, the preponderance is primary residence. But what we really need is that lower sales price that's, you know, not filling the void from the resales right now. And builders just can't seem to build in that price range. But apparently there is a builder that seems to think he's going to do it. And I would love to see it. Do they get some sort of incentive for doing so, for uh, rewarding first-time buyers? Is there some kind of government program? Because, I listen, yeah. you also look at the side of the builder, and it's like right now they can make a killing. So it's tough to turn right. away money yeah. to just you know cater to first-time buyers. Yeah, no, I, I don't know that. I mean, there are loopholes everywhere. And like, uh, I, off the top of my head, I'm not aware of any incentive for a builder just to, you know, build for primary residences. 
So, but there could be. I, I, I again, I don't know for sure. Dustin Hart's with us five seven seven twenty six hundred. Uh, there was a story locally about uh, what sort of home you can buy for under three hundred thousand now, mm-hmm. and that used to be. I mean. Man, when you know you and I have been here forever, you longer than me. Right. You know, you go back 20, 25 years. Like three hundred would have been, a, oh, you yeah. know, a, a massive house. The median price yeah. now is at what? Three sixty five. Three sixty five. So yeah. this story was interesting. You're talking what condos at this point? What can you actually get for under three hundred? Yeah. yeah, condos are one ninety five. <laughs> so <clears throat> put it in perspective. If you make the median income level in this town, which is about five thousand a month, right? You know, and you have normal liabilities, the car payments, student loans, credit cards, 850, 900 bucks a month, which is what I see all day long, right? You qualify, and you're, you know, you're trying to use FHA or 3% down conventional. You only qualify for about a $275,000 house, right? And there just aren't that many of those around. And the problem is, you know, the ones that are out there, people, you know, they're, A, if they do like it, right, they're getting multiple bids, 40 or 50 people offering on that house, cash, you know, people putting 50% down. So it is just such a struggle for people right now in that low price range for first time home buyers. You know, look, you know, we have a pledge approval where we can help get offers accepted, but sometimes that doesn't even work. You know, I'll call up listing agents when offers are getting uh, presented just to say how strong the buyer is and Hey, it's Nova home loans. We're going to close on time. You know, so you and real estate agents, if you work with the right one, they know some tricks is the trade as well. So you've got to have the right professionals, uh, you know, helping you out, you know, but again, it's not easy right now. There's people putting offers in all the time and getting outbid, you know, and then, you know, some people, you know, they, they, again, Steve, if you put an offer in at list price right now, that's like, <laughs> like, don't even bother. You know what I mean? So you've got to put it in above asking price and then you have to waive appraisal contingencies. And if the appraisal comes in low, ten thousand, and you don't have it, well, you just lost your earnest money. So it really is a struggle right now for home buyers, you know, in that lower price range. Dustin Hart is with us. Uh, May is Military Appreciation Month. So what do you guys yeah. have cooking? Well, we again, uh, we we have our backbone of our you know of our community is is the military, is the veterans and active duty military. And uh, Nova Home Loans is going to waive our $12.99 processing fee for all VA loans for the month of May. So um, just one thanks that we can do for veterans and active duty military. So if you're out there trying to get a VA loan, call us. We're going to waive that $12.99 processing fee. Or if you know somebody else, we'd love to help them out. Well, we talk about the average Joes, like uh, those of us here on Cofield and Company, and then there's Derek Jeter. But <laughs> yeah. here's a case with Jeter. Yeah. This is weird. While houses are, you know, the value yeah. is exploding, there is yeah. a, a point in the super expensive market <laughs> where people look at a house and are like, all right, that costs too much money. <laughs> Derek Jeter owns a castle. Yeah. It, it literally, literally is a castle. Literally. I don't know what the pronunciation yeah. of this is like the Tita Well Castle. Uh, in New York. It was built in 1903. He had listed it in 2018 for about $15 million. Mm-hmm. And poor Jeets had to just lower it by $2 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you look at something like this, is there a market for freaking castles? <laughs> you know, I've been, I've seen that so 2018. I'm glad you mentioned it. I didn't, I didn't see that, but I, I've, you know, doing show prep for my radio show, I've stumbled upon that, that house for a long time. Um, yeah, it's going to take an eclectic buyer to buy that house for sure. Um, so yeah, like how many people really want castles? I don't know, but he's probably going to have to drop the price even more, but I think it's funny. Like I just bought a house in Mount Charleston, 
You know, it's a modern looking house, and then there's a house next door to us. It's you know, it's a a million dollar log cabin, and then a you know, house next door, the other side of us. It's a nice little house, and then a house in the back that's literally like a shack ready to blow down, and like two <laughs> houses down from that, it's literally a guy building a castle. Like, oh like it just seems like an odd place in Mount Charleston to be building a castle, but that's what happens when you have no HOAs, and then. Lance Burton, he's the, a magician. Sure. I just read yeah, yeah. recently he's uh, selling his house that is a castle as well on top of a mountain here in Vegas. And it's for $5.5 million, Stephen. It literally might be the ugliest house I've ever seen for $5.5 million. So, yeah, if he sells that, he is probably the best magician in the world. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he literally is the ugliest house I've ever seen. It's I can't even believe he built that house, and he wants five and a half million for it. But apparently, castles didn't go away in the 18th century. They're no. coming back. Yeah. Well, the the Jeter Castle, we'll call it that, is on the border of New York and New Jersey, about 50 miles from New York. Uh, it's a big resort yeah. area. I think it's Greenwood that Lake. That one's nice. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. Whoa. Four indoor kitchens, one out. Because <laughs> right. the four indoor are not enough. He's got an outside kitchen as well. Right. Uh, extra large infinity right. edge pool, six bedrooms, uh, seven, seven and a half. No, no, seven full, five half bathrooms. <laughs> right on the lake. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool house. Yeah. I mean, but if you're going to sink that much money into something, I don't know if you want a castle. Probably going to take a little updating on that house. Simply incredible. Uh, 577-2600 is the number for Dustin DeHart. So people who are in houses, we've talked all along about get your mortgage tuned up. And the value mm -hmm. of houses is going up and up and up and up. you got a chance here to take advantage of it, lower your rate. Uh, and I don't know that this is going to end anytime soon. Right. The, the it, value is going to – the value yeah. is here. The value is here and probably growing a little bit from here. Like the, the crash. Yeah. When do you see a crash happening? It's funny. I was just talking to my, my mother. Uh, mm -hmm. She's back in New Jersey. She was looking to redesign a couple of her bathrooms. And right now she can't do it because this, this whole lumber thing not only applies to oh, just building yeah. the house, Great point. but it's refurbishing. Yeah. She's like, the guy told me uh, you know, a year ago, two by fours are like three bucks. Yeah. Now they're 12. Oh, I, I, that's a great point. I, I actually just talked about that on my radio show a couple weekends ago. I mean, you're doing house renovations right now. You got to be careful. You better get the right contractor because I've heard some horror stories lately. It's crazy, you know? So, but yeah, look, the media will uh, have you think that there's some type of crash that's going to happen sometime soon. I, I don't see it. There's no dynamics that happened in the last crash that are happening right now. Literally none. You know, the, we have the lowest supply we've ever had. Demand's through the roof. Interest rates are still close to record lows. You know, that's the COVID thing. So it's the fear of missing out. People are freaking out. They got to go buy a house, you know, and then. Well, the, know, the other thing we should mention is, and you, I mean, you write these things. So you're mm -hmm. the one uh, approving the loans and the, ultimately the lender approves the loans. Right. This is not what it was. 10 or 13 years ago where there were a lot of loans that were being given out that were just ridiculous. Well, in fact, it's not even 10 or 13 months ago, you know, because yeah, before, right after the crash, lending's been the toughest it's ever been, right? And then after COVID, it's now even tougher because now there's COVID guidelines, especially if you're self-employed, you get run through the ringer. So exactly. I mean, getting a home loan is very, very difficult nowadays. You know, again, supply and demand, unemployment's coming down. I mean, there's literally zero fat. And, and here's the other factor. Almost everybody has equity right now, right? No one did have equity before. I mean, hence the crash, right? You're going to let your house go. I mean, now look, what goes up must come down. For, could in the forthcoming years there be a correction? Absolutely. We're going up too fast. 
we could come back down a little bit, but there's really nothing right now that, that precludes that we're going to have some market crash anytime soon. In fact, we're at 365. I I would not. I I'd be shocked if we didn't hit 400,000 median resale price the by the end of the year. Median home price yep. at 400,000 dollars without a doubt. It's crazy. So it's a good time to buy too because you're, you're when uh, yeah, you get you in now catch you're a wave the, of appreciation with a low rate. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Five seven seven twenty six hundred is the number. All right, good deal. We're That's happy good. that you're doing a military appreciation month. That's yeah. very nice. Thank you very much. Trust Us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at 577-2600 to learn how to purchase a home with $20,000 in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now, 577-2600.